Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. So today I am speaking to a gentleman from my home city of Dublin uh, by the name of Kieran Kelly. Now, Kieran was introduced to me recently as somebody who didn't work in the loyalty industry, in fact, had no background at all in our sector. And he was described very much as somebody who was very entrepreneurial and working on something that really, for me, um, ticked a huge amount of boxes in terms of what's going on in the world at the moment. So, Kieran is basically um, setting up and running an organization called Earth Rewards. And we're going to get into a fantastic conversation about the environment and about how ordinary consumers, I guess, can start to do something about their carbon emissions in terms of finding ways to offset the, the, the damage that we're all doing, but in a way that doesn't, I suppose, compromise living their everyday life. Because I think when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, we all still want to get in our planes and drive our cars. But um, Earth Rewards, I think, is a really interesting concept that helps us to um, offset some of the uh, damage that's being done with all of that activity. So, as I said, I don't know much at all about this gentleman, but he's from Dublin, so that's good enough for me. He's from the opposite side of the city to me, so we always have a bit of a laugh about that. Um, But I first and foremost want to really welcome Kieran Kelly, CEO of Earth Rewards, to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi, Paula. Thanks for the introduction, and uh, yeah, great to be on the show. Great. I noticed you mentioned the, the different sides of the city. You, you didn't mention I came from the rough side of the city. <laughs> I didn't want to put anybody off here, on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great one. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Now, I think one of the things I also liked actually, Kieran, when we were talking before, um, I think I explained to you that the show is very much around global voices of loyalty. And I think in your cases, it's a global voice of technology. And you've mentioned lots of different places uh, to me that you have lived and worked. Um, But because I don't know even a lot about your career and your background, I think it'd be really useful if you give us a background to what you've been doing over your career. Well, I suppose we might as well start it off at the very beginning. Uh, I grew up in Dublin, um, left school at 15. Uh, always had an interest in, 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 in work. I wasn't great academically, you know, it wasn't kind of my comfort zone. Um, so I suppose like all 15-year-olds, I started to work at everything from a milkman to washing dishes to the usual uh, route to, be, to, to, to get that wide breadth of knowledge that you don't realise at the time you're gaining, but you actually are. Um, in the late, uh, around 1979, I emigrated to Canada and I was very, very fortunate to end up working for a company called B4 Drilling and Exploration. Um, we developed onshore oil and gas platforms uh, globally. So we had great travel, great travel experience. And, you know, we felt at the time we were in a uh, an area that, that really helped to expand countries' ability to, to regulate their own energy sources. So... You know, I know it's kind of people always say to me now, is, is it poacher turned gamekeeper? You know, <laughs> and I say, well, yeah, not really, because at that time we, we didn't look at the emissions of fossil fuels. There wasn't really that much knowledge about it, you know, and we only saw the good that, you know, fossil fuels were running the global economy. They were necessary. They were important, you know, 
And um, so I never really kind of looked at it that way. So I, like I said, I was really unfortunate to, to, to have a really global view on economies, economies of scale. What the difference, you know, this, 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 that, that the fossil fuel made at that time if you didn't take into account the, the negative uh, facts of it. So I worked on that for about uh, 10 years really uh, towards the last probably three or four years had my own team and worked as a subcontractor as an independent so that gave me my first taste of entrepreneurialism although it wasn't in a broad range it was very much focused on what we were doing at the time so I made the decision after you know a lot of years doing it and it was hard work I mean this was groundwork this was this was no this was nothing to do with office or tech at the time (laughs) this was a shovel in each hand and get digging wow industrial Um, stuff yeah industrial stuff yeah yeah I mean some of the most remote areas of the world you know so wow um when I came back to Europe um I was looking for something to kind of invest in at the time and it was right in the middle of the dot-com bill so I love technology. I'd always loved it. You know, it was always kind of, I could see at times where it was going, you know, not always the positives, but I could see where it was going. So I invested in some dot-com uh, companies through the 90s. Um, I think like everybody, mixed results. Some were very successful, some not so. Um, went through all the hype and learned a big lesson from that, you know. Hype doesn't pay the bills. Um and then went almost full circle and, and really started to get involved in the environmental side of things. I mean, that was very close to to, to, to my natural, where I come from anyway. You know, I think as we discussed earlier, I was never a person to go on a beach holiday. I'd always wander off into some forest somewhere or some remote area. Um, and I looked then, if you're, you know, as you're getting into the early 2000s, mid-2000s, you know, the the clarity, if you like, of climate change was being absolute and apparent. You know, there was no question in my mind. Um, so it led me back to, you know, we looked at the, the common, of course, was renewable energies, which is really important. And I could see that. I could see where it was going to be a big part of the future. But I suppose more of interest to me was how do we develop natural climate solutions? Where What role do they play? Where do they come into it? So um, we supported a lot of uh, forestry projects around the world. Um, that kind of gave us our in-depth knowledge into the actual carbon markets and what they were and what they weren't. Because, again, there was a lot of confusion as to what they were because you've got two markets. You've got a mandatory market on one side that's purely uh, government-based and it's on selective emitters. And you've got the voluntary market. And the voluntary market really appealed to me in the sense that it almost was a sandbox for innovation in the environmental world. And what I mean by that is it was it, it was a, a financial mechanism, if you like, to support projects that were otherwise in the normal financial world were unsupportable. I mean, to give you an example, if you went into a bank and said, look, you know, we have this area of land and we want to build trees on it to help to protect the environment. You know, your first question is, well, how are you going to pay us back? You know, and I think the voluntary carbon market gave you the ability to structure in a way that was both commercial but has a strong environmental uh, background. But I think we're seeing a lot of that now in impact investment. It allowed, it gave that ability 
to develop and evolve projects, whether that be reforestation, avoided deforestation, marshland protection, you know, it goes on. Uh, solar energy to remote communities, you know, internet. These are all fundamentally part of the trying to negate the effects of climate change, but they were outside the norm. So this is where I became really interested in this conundrum. How do you convince or how do you put a price on a standing forest? How do you put a price on nature? And this became a real important fundamental where we were going at the time. Okay. So you have amazing environmental credentials um, and you've come up with the technology solution um, based on loyalty insights and strategies um, called Earth Rewards, which we're going to talk a lot about today. But even before we get into um, this very new concept that you're launching, I know you have a favorite statistic about the environment um, and I know it goes back a long way as well, Kieran. So would you share that with us? Because I think the listeners would be really fascinated. I do. It was one that came from Nielsen's in November 2018. So it's about a year ago. And it was 80% of consumers globally say it's important that companies implement programs to improve the environment. Okay. Amazing. I found that absolutely amazing. And and the the reason that it's even more amazing is this figure has increased dramatically year on year. You know, when I first looked at it probably four or five years ago, it was somewhere around the 64%, you know, the early 60s, went up to late 60s, early 70s, and year on year it's increased dramatically. And that to me was was an amazing statistic. It, it was just, it, it, it showed really, and it, it, because it was a global consumers, um, it really struck a chord with me. Absolutely. And I know that I've come across one as well, in fact, Kieran, and like you, it comes from a highly credible source. Um, and I will put a link to to both of these statistics actually in the in the notes for the show. But the one that I came across, which completely substantiates and supports your your entire, I suppose, business, it came from Deloitte and it was some research actually around what is um, you know, of interest and of concern to millennials and Gen Z as they're known. So Millennials, as most listeners would know, uh, were kind of born between 1983 and 1994. And this Deloitte survey actually surveyed over 13,000. So um, significant number, hugely significant number. And again, like your statistic, these people were from 42 different countries and across all demographics. So a very diverse audience. And literally the number one concern for that particular demographic is the environment. And I think that's where I suddenly started to pay attention, Kieran, because again, with the best will in the world, I tried to recycle and I tried to do my best behavior, but I think I'm I'm nagged by guilt and clearly I'm not the only one. So for this whole issue to become the number one um, area that we're talking about, and actually as, a, as, as an aside as well, I'm not sure if you know, I judge the Loyalty Magazine Awards in the UK, but also next year for the first time, they're creating a category for eco-loyalty initiatives. So again, it proves from a marketing perspective I think everyone listening to this show, no one needs convincing, I suppose, of the issue. I think what we're struggling with is, but well, what can I do about it? So tell us about Earth Rewards. Obviously, Kieran, you're the CEO. Um, I know it literally launched, I think you told me, two months ago. So tell us, what does Earth Rewards do and, and how, how have you built it and what are you building? 
Well, when we were just deciding, you know, how do we get, because from them two statistics, we kind of looked and said, why are companies not, not engaging with their consumers on this level? What, 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 what's happening here? And we kind of looked and did a lot of research and saw that, yeah, I mean, companies are concerned. They are doing their bit, a lot of them. But they're not really engaging. I just didn't see the engagement. I mean, a company might come up with a statement and say, you know, in 2025, we're going to just be renewable. We'll only have renewable energies. And that's, you know, it's great. You know, I applaud them for that. But it doesn't engage with me on a regular basis. It's a statement that I've read and it's kind of there. And I feel, I, I looked and I didn't feel the emotional engagement. Where does that emotion to, to, a company's environmental plans, uh, what their strategies are. And I think emotion was the thing for me that was missing. There was a fax being put out there. Yeah. I read the fact. I yeah. went fine. Yeah. But the emotion. So we looked and we said, how can we bring engagement? How can we get that emotion? How can we get this connection to what a company is what they're doing and what we as consumers are doing, because obviously we have a responsibility for, for, you know, our purchases and our lifestyles. So it really was uh, an enigma at the time. And we, we, we really studied and, and kicked it and beat it and reformed it. And I think that's what took us so long to go live. And why, <laughs> while we're a startup, we're a startup with a lot of gray hairs. Um, <laughs> That's because always useful, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never make the same mistakes twice, eh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we designed Earth Rewards with, that it had to have its basis. It had to integrate first into rewards programs. So we didn't want to reinvent the wheels. We had to have it that it would very simply integrate into rewards programs. Um, it would be a en- consumer engagement tool with a strong environmental message that both parties benefit from. Um, It had to be an emotional, so it had to have that emotional engaging element. Um, Whereas it didn't take the place of transactional engagement, but it integrated smoothly into it. It it, it kind of gave another facet to it. Um, It was an ability to create a real impact both for the environment and as a successful rewards program. And it had a really holistic and realistic approach to getting mass, that, that, that mass engagement on the topic of environmental issues. So it had to inform, it had to educate. And, you know, as I'll, I'll expand on further, we did that through the academies that are built into the app, the academies, the emissions, the learn and earn. Um, there had to be an element of people could measure So measure what is my impact and be able to take positive action, which is the key to the Earth Rewards token. So we developed and and redeveloped and (laughs) redeveloped (laughs) until we came to the version that we launched probably around March, April of this year. And we started with the app. We said, okay, let's first develop an app that's – well-built, well-structured. It can be used by an organization to integrate into it, or we'll have APIs where they want to do their own thing. So when we developed the app, we looked at, again, the technology. So we said, okay, if Earth Rewards and each Earth Reward token represents a high-quality offset, 
you can't reward somebody with a ton of carbon. So we said, okay, first thing we do is we'll break it down into kilograms of carbon of, of offsets because obviously there's a thousand in every ton. So that makes it easier for people to get their head around. And it also means that most purchases are under a ton. You know, if you do your your shopping or you fill your car or um, you're just going out for a meal or a drink, most of them are in kilos. And, and that's really where we wanted to engage with people everywhere, not just on getting a flight or, you know, the major environmental impacts. If we're going to do this, we want to engage with people everywhere. We want to make it part, a simple part of, of their thought process. Um, so we built the app. Uh, we launched it in, oh, Lord, we don't, let me think now. I think we, we launched it probably the first version in July. Um, so we got great feedback from it. That was the beta app. Um, we went with version two in September. And in version two, between version one and version two, we decided, well, if this is going to be global, then people have got to be able to calculate their carbon impact globally, wherever they are. So we developed the, the uh, data sets. So anybody in, in, you know, in the first realm in 30 countries can calculate their carbon impact. Um, yeah, which was, that was quite a challenge, to be honest. It but, sounds like a logistical um, nightmare, to be honest with you. So a lot of data. We were, <laughs> we were very lucky. We worked with a guy called Professor Mike Berners-Lee, um, who works in the University of Lancaster. Okay. Um, and Mike wrote a book called How Bad Are Bananas? I think it must be going back about 10 years. And it was life-changing for me. And what it was, was a very simple book on what is the carbon impact of things. Okay. You know, everyday things, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I went back to Mike and I said, Mike, you know, this is all great, but how do we do it for 30 countries or 60 countries? So we started to bash the numbers. I got, he got his, his base data sets. I got me tech guys and we, we achieved it in an in a, in a amazingly short period of time. So on the second version of the app, it meant that in any, in 30 countries, you could calculate your carbon impact. Um, <laughs> And that's every day, just to, sorry, Kieran, just so ah, I understand. This is the beauty of it. This yeah. is the beauty of it. So okay. it's it's kind of as I, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it's a kind of a, a never-ending story kind of thing. So what we started with is we said, look, everybody's gotta have a starting point because you know you've got to be able to measure something to start. So the initial version of the app, we have to make it simple. So you know, there are a lot of apps and they're quite complicated. And if you can imagine that you're trying to calculate your annual emissions, um, that it may result in a lot of questions and possibly, in, in, in our opinion, too many. So we made it simple and we built it on averages. Um, so we kept it down to 13 questions and we built a slider system. So you could go in if you were in any of these 30 countries, and it would give you the average answer on things like uh, uh, transport, energy use, shopping, uh, tech, and just all of the main uh, the, 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 the main creators of CO2 emissions. Um, so we kept it quite simple for people. And what that did is it gave somebody an overview. So you could say, I mean, mine is an example. I was horrified. I did mine and I thought I was doing really well. And it ended up at about 15 tons of CO2 a year. Um, yeah, and that was surprising because I don't fly a lot. 
I really only fly unless it's necessary. I, I haven't owned a car for three years, but I suppose I do a lot of running around anyway, you know? So but you are the first person, Kieran, that, that has that information that I've ever spoken to. So I have no idea. Do you know what I mean? What 15 tons of CO2 a year is relative. So clearly after this, I'm going to go and calculate my own. Um, yeah. At least you're educated. It's a great idea. I, yeah. I think it's a great idea because you have to have some kind of a baseline. You yeah. know, where am I in all of this? You yeah. know, this is my lifestyle. <laughs> you know, and, and there's no real good or bad, Paula. And I think that's what people have to understand. There's always room for a lot of improvement, but there's no real good or bad because nobody gets up in the morning and says, oh, what a lovely day to destroy the planet, you know? <laughs> it's just through yeah. our lifestyle actions that we end up in the place we are. And the first point of anything, to change anything, is measure it. You know, as a, as a tech guy, you've got to measure everything. So <laughs> yeah. this is what we did. And I was able to turn around and we, we added a feature. We said, just like you said, so brilliant. If I'm in the UK... And I'm around 15 tons. What's the average in the UK? And I realized it was about 12.6. So I said, okay, there's my first target. Then we went a little bit deeper and we said, what is the average we need to reach to, um, to meet the, 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 the climate targets of Paris? And it was about six. So I thought, okay, that's going to be very difficult for me to do with just reduction. So we're on the right track here. It's got to be a mix of reduction and offset. You've got to be able to create a balance between the two and treat our emissions almost like a budget. It's almost like a like your monthly budget for the household. You know, this is my budget for the month and this is what I, I, I need to do to reduce. And it's it doesn't change lifestyle, Paul. And you can really, really make huge differences without dramatic changes. And people, I think, are always obsessed with this idea that you have to make dramatic changes. It's like any budget. It's give or take. You might increase a little bit here, reduce a bit here. And that's what it's about. So once we got to that then, people were able to compare themselves, users of the app were able to compare themselves to, okay, well, what's, what's China like? What's Germany like? What's, what's Turkey like? So you could compare yourself to other nationalities and get a great overall view and a feeling for it. Um, and what we did is the, to, to engage people further, when you download the app, there's some gaming in there. So you can answer some simple questions and you earn your first air rewards. So it starts the process. Um, we also, uh, you know, as, as part of where we want to go in the future, we developed the app in a way that when you download the app, it generates a, a blockchain wallet on Ethereum. So it automatically blocks, uh, uh, develops that and issues that um, just from an email address which is quite, you know, yeah, we, we were quite advanced on that, you know. Um, so then, of course, it's about education and about why we do the things. So we had the, the, the academies, we had the emissions, and we had the learn and earn. So there are three areas of the app you can go into, and you learn something about the environment. And by learning something, again, you're granted air rewards. Now, these are great opportunities for business to engage and and. and to bring what they're doing into the picture. Because if a company, let's say they're, 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 they're determined to get rid of single-use plastic, then explain why it's bad and reward people for understanding why it's bad. 
And this was this was key to us. It was about engagement. It wasn't about kind of saying don't, don't, don't. It was, you know, think, 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 if you like, you know. And given, uh, uh, you know, there are great powerful companies out there that, that engage with consumers. And we thought, what a great opportunity for them to engage and, and to bring their own message into it and bring their own message into the system. So um, we, we've had a great response to the app. I mean, I think month on month, the downloads are increasing by about 100, and I think they're almost about 187%, you know? Sorry, that's week on week, actually, you know? So, um, and really interesting people have downloaded the app um, as well. And our, our kind of, our the range we're getting is everything from 13-year-olds 30, 30 to 60-year-olds. Um, Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, so we've had great communication. We've had great feedback from people. So that was the app side. That was the show, basically, to develop the app was the consumer-facing side, and it would show how this works, you know, the technology side, how it would work, how it would engage with people. Um and then, of course, as we developed it, we looked at, at you know, loyalty rewards and, and, and how they're actually run. And we thought, hmm, hang on a minute, maybe we can actually develop the system better, the actual whole uh, system of air rewards, how they're run. And, of course, we're all blockchain fanatics. You know, you, I don't know if you've realized that, but we're all really into blockchain and, and the understanding of blockchain and, and the benefits it can bring. Um, if you get away from the the, 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 the crypto um, currencies and stuff like that, that causes a lot of confusion. But blockchain as a technology has great advantages, and I think rewards programs are one of them. For um, sure. So you've built your, you know, your platform on blockchain, yeah? Yes, we built it on IBM Hyperledger, um, on the blockchain framework. So we built on that, uh, which has massive advantages um, for issuing, storing transactions, tokens securely and immutably, because obviously they've got to be immutable. Um, smart contracts can control the ownership, the distribution, allocation, and again, the transactional per- parameters. And it's a massive cost saving because you don't need a big team to run your um, thing. You just run the whole thing through smart contracts and you adjust and enable um in whatever way you want your awards program to work, you know. And I love that because I know as a startup, Kieran, a lot of the time, you know, you really do have to establish a huge amount of trust. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly when it comes to building consumer trust, you know, blockchain is something I think a lot of people are still very confused about. But I think once you drop, you know, it's an IBM product in there, then there's a much more comfort, I think, say from my side, if I was, you know, sitting, running a loyalty program and considering integrating with Earth Rewards to know that you've taken on, you know, a platform of that um, you know, I suppose scalability and security is very reassuring to hear, I have to say. Yeah, it, it, it was important for our side as well because it had yeah. to meet certain parameters, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't kind of, you know, we realized at the time that a public uh, public type blockchain wouldn't work on this. It had to be yeah. uh, a Industry private type standard. blockchain. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, yeah. you know. Brilliant, so, okay. Um, there was a lot went into that, and I, I, I think for us, you know, we've spoken to some leaders in 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 the uh, 
the field of, of rewards programs. And I think the great thing is, is because it's new, it's a great conversation. It, it, it's a great discussion where you don't kind of drop something on someone's desk and say, here it is. You almost start from the start and you look at where it is and you look and say, okay, this is the advantages of converting into this kind of system. And there are huge advantages. And, you know, I, I think you know, Paula, and I do, and we're all realistic that, you know, when you've got a system and it's okay, you're kind of averse to change, especially in, in, in something big. But I think with blockchain, because of its ease of integration, because of its ease of implementation, I think it can play a fantastic role in the future in the large programs. I really do. I, I think when people start to really understand this, and the simplicity of it, and the control that it brings. I mean, right down through order, you know, because everything is immutably on your blockchain. You control it from your own dashboard. You have your own node that nobody else has. And you can audit at any time in the simplest ways. Um, it, it, it almost speaks to you, if that makes <laughs> sense, in, in, in where you're going and, and, and what you're trying to do. And I, I absolutely love it. I, completely immersed in it and converted um, so we really are you know yeah um, so I've got two parts of it really clear Kieran, but I want to you know really understand the third part so you've talked about the measurement piece so again I think that's amazing as I said you're the first person I, I've ever met who can tell me what their impact is even in general terms on the environment you've talked about the academies so people can go onto the Earth Rewards app and go okay I want to learn about the environment and there's a, a reward currency in there so that's a fantastic education piece but the third part you talked about Kieran was the offset so how does that work from both sides and I think I'd love to talk about it maybe from the, the loyalty program manager's perspective first of all mm -hmm. so if I'm yeah. a loyalty program manager what would I do with Earth Rewards and then let's say you're the consumer on the other end what would you do you know what's the benefit to the consumer of the offset part of the program so, great question. And it, it, it's actually quite simple. Um, on the, uh, the Air Towards Manager, uh, or sorry, the, 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 the loyalty program manager's point of view, um, they would integrate Air Towards into their system. So, in whatever way they wanted to do it, they can integrate it into the app, or we can develop an API for them, or they can have it on their own specific platform. Uh, it's totally, completely agnostic in that sense, and it's very, very easily adjustable. So, if you imagine you're the, 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 the manager and you implement the Air Towards program, so depending on spend, every consumer or all of your customers would receive Air Towards. Each Air Towards has a carbon value, and that's been immutably connected on the blockchain. So, every token that you receive is issued on the blockchain and is connected to a carbon offset to the value of one kilo. As your consumers shop, they collect air towards. The beauty of this is, whereas the common, the common factor is to kind of say to someone, well, purchase an offset, I'll offset this. You're actually rewarding your customers and you're empowering your customers because they may not want to offset what they're purchasing. They may want to save their offsets, build them up, and offset, we'll say, a flight that they have to take, a holiday, a wedding. You know, there could be any number of things. 
And I think that's the beauty of it. So you're awarding your customers with the offset. They build them up in their offset bank. They're able to measure. They're able to calculate. So if they're going to take a flight, they can calculate that and say, okay, I have enough. I'm going to offset that flight. Um, and that's fundamentally it. They can also, what's great for the, 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 the rewards um, program manager is he sets it at whatever level he likes. He determines how many earth rewards that would be issued uh, per pound. Um, and it gives them the opportunity, of course, then to add in their own. They, they can start to add in their own carbon impact of what they do, their own implications of what they're doing and bring it into the conversation. So that's fundamentally it. That's the, the, the simplest way to describe it. If I have um, the Earth Rewards app as one example, um, I could go in, do a shop, purchase something, use a QR code to scan the tail. That issues from the blockchain, my Earth Rewards. Now I've got them. So if I've got 50 Earth Rewards from that uh, 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 shop, um that's what I've got. That sits in my bank, and every time I shop and every time I engage with a company that issues air rewards, I'm building them up. I can then use them through the year to create a balance in the environmental impact. Lovely. Lovely. So let's say I'm sitting here now, as you know, I live in Dubai. Um, and let's say, you know, one of the airlines here partners up with Earth Rewards. They would continue to offer their their own currency um, if required or obviously as required. But they'd also add in an option to say, actually, if anybody wants to get Earth Rewards instead, we're happy to, to give them those. So exactly. it's very simple for them. And then I think it almost sounds also a bit like a coalition program. So I'd also hope that a local supermarket market might sign up. So I'd go and I'd build up my earth rewards when I shop there as well. And again, my fuel station and, and everything that I do on an everyday basis. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. And, you know, it, 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 it gives this great opportunity to engage from the, um, from the company side of things. Uh, and it's, it's great engagement from a consumer. You know, it's not, it's not taken away from, look, you know, we all know that, that that times are often tough for people and they need them them financial discounts. They need that 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 penny off or that 20 pence off or that 10% discount. You know, they still need that. This kind of integrates smoothly into that. And it just sits along beside it. And it, it's like that extra reward that brings about engagements. And it enhances what you've got. And it brings that emotional if you like, because as you go through and it, and it evolves and you're looking at the benefits that are brought to the different projects that are benefiting from Earth Rewards, it brings that great emotion to the whole process. And that's really, really important. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kieran. And again, as, as a loyalty consultant, like all of us around the world, we are talking about, you know, the explosion of emotional connection and the need for emotional connection. So every loyalty program in the world is fundamentally successful at, you know, transactional engagement. And that's the whole underlying principle. But what you're doing is adding in that lovely flavor of, yeah, now how does it feel better? <laughs> um, really? And you're right. Yeah, yeah at the end really? of the day... It really has to do that. So, um, so I love what you're doing. And it has real time benefits. It has actual real benefits because as it works back down into a project, whatever that project can be, wherever it is, it has real genuine benefits that people can look at and say, actually, you know, we did well there. That was really good. I'm really proud of what I did on that. 
Absolutely. And then just on the Burns side, Kieran, just talk me through. So let me say then I have, you know, whatever number, let's say I have 100,000 Earth rewards. What happens with that wallet? You talked about offsetting it against a flight, uh, but I know you also do work actually, obviously, on the environment and in the environment with the Amazon, for example. You have a project down there. So, so what happens to the rewards on the Burns side? Well, when you're born or awarded, the, the, the idea of an offset is, an offset is like if you imagine, I always use this as an example, it's like a bottle of wine. It has a vintage. Okay. And it's only gone when you drink it. And an offset is very similar. An offset comes from a validation and verification process that happened in the past. So that's it, it's vintage. So you collect your offsets through Earth Rewards. When you born them, it means you retire them. And they can never be used again. So that creates your offset. So when you've been given the offset, straight away, the benefits are to the environment because the finances trickle down into the environment and help protect uh, that area of the Amazon, helps protect biodiversity, um, socioeconomic benefits. And these are all posted on the app. So there's an annual implementation report that shows all of the benefits that's happened in that year. But when you burn it, it means no one else can ever use it anywhere else. It's, it was one time. That was your contribution. And it was only ever used once. Um, and that's a real important part of this. And it was very important that we put that on the blockchain, um, that people realize that it could never be sold a second time. But you have an air reward. That is specific to you. No one else can ever have that. You could give it to your, like as an example, you could give it to a family member who's getting married or is going on a, a journey or something like that and say, look, guys, let's put all our air towards together uh, and offset the flight, the trip, the holiday, the party, the wedding, whatever it is. But once it's born, it's gone forever. It can never, ever be reissued. And and what I'm hearing there, Kieran, um, it reminds me, I saw a post recently on LinkedIn and I know you don't use a lot of social media yourself, you told me. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to after our conversation this well, morning. But there, no, this, is, this point, no. <laughs> well, something I learned on LinkedIn, uh, you're, you're new, new to be favourite. Um, I saw somebody and, and it's an Irish celebrity who shall remain nameless, a female celebrity and a businesswoman. But she put up a post which I was a little... Um, uncomfortable with because, as you know, I consult a lot with um, the whole industry around convenience retail, which is an extraordinary in uh, industry because we all love it. You know, we all want fuel for our car, we all, whatever. But this particular person posted up about, you know, the big bad oil companies. And I, I just really wanted to post, well, maybe you should stop driving your car, you know. So I don't like this idea that there are big bad companies responsible for the environment. They're providing something that we're demanding as a product. So so I love what you're doing in that my conscience is is definitely guilty and I want to take responsibility, but I don't currently know how. So I think what you're doing is you're giving me that opportunity to say, okay, here's something tangible as well as minimizing as best I can. Um, I like that you're also being very practical about the fact that there has to be a second way to, to take action. And um, it, it sounds like a very clever solution. I, I, I think so. And we, we, we hope so. We did put a lot of thought into this and look, like yourself, Paula, I, 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 it wouldn't necessarily be on LinkedIn, but I, I listen to the different stories and, and you know, we, we get asked about them a lot. You know, it, 
And, you know, we are where we are. And whether we like it or not, um, you know, the airlines are, are, are a perfect example, you know. We like, some people like to point their finger at the airlines and say, oh, the airlines this, the airlines that. But airlines purchase the airplanes that are available. Yeah. Because people to want provide to provide us with a service, exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And what I'd like to do is, I mean, there was the, the example. I was a little bit of, of EasyJet. I think announced that they were offsetting all their flights. I think it's next year. Um, for me, it wasn't a good thing or a bad thing, if that makes sense. Um, it depended to me on what the offsets were being used for. They were being used to help develop renewable energies for the airline industry, then I'm 100% for it, you know. Um, and I think that's where we've got to be careful, is, is understanding the reasoning. Because I think people got really a little bit fed up with the concept of greenwash. And they wanted to know that companies actually care. They understand if they can't do anything immediately. And one of the great exponents of that, and I can't remember the guy's name, but He's the CEO of Gucci. Okay. And he did a, a, I'll send you the link to it. He did a complete review of his company and he looked at it and you could tell he understood. He got it just by the way he speaks, by the way he writes. And he realized that, look, we can't go carbon neutral. We have, I don't know what it is, 14,000 employees. We have stores, we have manufacturing, but we can start the process. We can reduce where we can and we can offset where we feel that we're looking at a transition period where a solution will come at some point of time. And I think it was brilliant the way he did it. And that's where most companies sit. Because realistically, the CEO of a company, if you look at the articles and memorandums, and because I come from a business side, I get it. It doesn't say anywhere there that you have to save the planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. as much it, as you it, might want to. <laughs> you exactly. Have shareholders. It, it's, it's exactly. And it's yeah. difficult. And yeah. what, what I think is people understand that fundamentally. And I think if companies are honest and they make an effort, nobody expects a large corporation to turn around tomorrow and say, brilliant, we're carbon neutral. But at the same time, they don't expect them to try and pull the wool over their eyes by saying, we've just offset everything. That's it. Brilliant. Great, let's go forward. They genuinely want engagement. They want to know about what a company's thoughts are, what their processes are, and how they they intend to make themselves better, how they intend to do that. You know, and it's it's such a, a fascinating place to be. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's a it's an absolute nightmare. And I I, I I can imagine, I've never run a big corporation, but I can imagine how it feels when you know people want you to do it, but you've got pressures coming from all sides. So what I always say is, please make the environment a part of your decision-making process. It doesn't have to be the first thing, but make it a part of that decision-making process in whatever you do, and then you'll find the right path because it'll be a genuine path. You know, it won't be just from marketing. It won't be just from a financial aspect. It'll be just, and we try to get the same thing with individuals, with consumers. Just make it a part of your process, a part of your lifestyle. Doesn't again have to be the very first thing because if it was, we'd not, none of us would get out of bed. Yeah. You know? So yeah. just engage with it, understand it, measure it, and just make it that part. And then work along together. It, it, 
if we're in a climate emergency, which we are, then we've got to throw the kitchen sink at it. And every little bit that everybody does and every corporation does and every company does is going to make a difference. They don't have to find a solution because there is no singular solution. Yeah. But what and I'm, that's the message that we'd like to put out, you know. It's a great message, Kieran, and and clearly I've drunk the Kool-Aid. Um, but what I'm hearing is, you know, very much there, there are, you are part of the solution. You're providing something where people can actually go, there's something practical I can do. Um, and I love that you're bringing together the loyalty program managers, you're bringing together the consumers. I know you're still at the very early stages. Um, you have a small enough team at the moment, Kieran. is it? How many people is, is running Earth Rewards? Our tech, we have about five in the tech team. Gotcha. Uh, on what we call the business side, the management side, we've got three and we've got uh, Pete. Okay. Um, who yes. introduced us, you know, on our uh, rewards program side. Yeah, great um, guy. It, yeah. Educate, yeah, educating us about how they work, how they don't work, what to do, what not to do. And um, so I suppose we've got a team of about eight or nine. Um and it's, it's just, it, it feels at this moment just about right for us. Because we just, like I said, before we expand for the sake of it, we want to expand with the companies that we're engaging with. We want to sit down and say, how can this be better? How can we make this better? Tell us what you want. And technically, how can we make it better? And how can we improve your messaging? How can we get you to improve your message to your consumers? And that's it. And we'll, we'll grow exponentially with the customers that we take on. Brilliant. Well, I think um, we'll probably start to wrap up now, Kieran. Um, and I suppose that I wanted to maybe summarize a couple of things that I've heard very clearly from you. Um, and then I know we have a, a pretty unique opportunity, actually, if there are loyalty program managers out there that want to explore doing a trial with you. Um, so we'll talk about that now as well. So I suppose, yeah, my kind of um, insight is you've definitely got a, a, some great professor there, Professor Mike uh, Berners-Lee, I think you mentioned. Um, so there's a lot of thought leadership, I think, um, as well as your own kind of environmental credentials. Um, certainly sounds like you've got the right technology uh, partners in terms of building it on the best possible platform. Um, and it just sounds like a super simple um, opportunity for a, a dynamic addition to any loyalty program. Um, so I think what, uh, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up with this invitation for um, companies that are listening and are interested in exploring working with Earth Rewards. I think you've said to me you're prepared to do one and you can talk through exactly what this idea is, but invite one company to, um, to try your platform, to partner with you. And I think that's almost going to be um, something that there, there kind of be no cost for, for them, for the technology at all. Um, so do you want to talk through what a potential um, partner would be that you're looking for? I think a, a partner that, that's, you know, looking to maybe rejuvenate in some way their existing rewards program, you know, that, that they feel it's maybe possibly not working or they could improve it a lot, um, who want a little bit more control over the technology side, but simply, you know, and we could look at every aspect of it, integrate Nerd Rewards into a system, how that would work for them, whether they would integrate into the app or we build an API for them and how the blockchain would work, make that simpler, more cost effective. And we're happy to sit down and, and you know, have a chat. And as you say, we, we're more than happy to do a free as a pilot program and say, okay, you know, and, and just listen and engage. And even with our companies that, you know, just wanted to engage with us or talk to us and say, well, what about this and what about that? Can you explain this a little bit better? Yeah. We're happy to engage with them. 
Amazing. Amazing. So so I think the best way to do that then is if there is anyone listening um, and you run a loyalty program and you have an objective around improving your environmental credentials uh, with all of the mindset and support internally, I suppose that that would need. If you want to work with Earth Rewards, then drop me an email. Um, my email is super simple. It's paula at letstalkloyalty.com. And what I'm going to do is pull, um, pull all of those together and connect, I suppose, the best possible uh, partners with Kieran to see who um, can really get these uh, projects up and running. Because um, again, as I said, I just see so much need for this type of technology. And I know that you, Kieran, are doing a great job. So, so I'm really keen for you to find a pilot client out of this um, particular podcast. So, um, so that invitation is open. Um, there's a lot of detail I'm going to put into the show notes as we've talked about, including I will acknowledge Pete Howroyd, as you mentioned, from the Loyalty People, who does great work consulting on loyalty programs around the world. Uh, so thanks to Pete for um, putting us in touch because um, I know he was, you know, talking to me about ideas and whatever. And I was like, the environment is one. And he said, I have the man. So that was great to, uh, <laughs> to get the introduction. So just as we wrap up then, Kieran, is there anything else that you wanted to, to say from your side? No, just thanks again, Paul, and again thanks to Pete for putting this together. You know, it, it, it's it, it, it's a great journey we're on, and we're absolutely loving it. And we we genuinely think this will make a big difference for companies, and we really, really believe this will make a big difference. Yeah. Um, so I'd love them to get in touch, get engaged. Let's get this up and running, and, and we can all play our part. That's fantastic, Kieran. Well, well done. And I have to say, I'm delighted to be able to play my part. So um, certainly from my side, I want to say thanks a million for joining us on Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks, Paula. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform. Find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show.